Let's have a big hand for Pastor Lathan. Well, good evening, everyone. Good to see you here tonight. Welcome to the campuses in Appleton and Stevens Point and those that are joining us online as well this morning. If you came tonight to hear Pastor Mark do his verse-by-verse study, uh, I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed. Oh, no, wait a minute. Maybe you'll be really blessed. Because, no, we, we won't go there. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, it's, it's, it's just great to be able to take some time and share with you a little bit from, from my side and, and do a little bit of a teaching tonight. Uh, let me just quickly give you a, a, a quick update. Uh, Pastor Mark, as many of you know, was away over the weekend doing some Laugh Your Way events. I think yesterday or Monday he was in uh, Fort Benning. Uh, at uh, one of the military groups and doing one of the events there. I got back in yesterday from his trip. Uh, Sometime yesterday, he arrived back in a Green Bay. Over the weekend, unfortunately, Debbie uh, had a bit of a a bad time and had to be admitted back into hospital and uh, not doing very well. And so uh, he he asked today, he said, look, I really just need to spend time with her. Uh, Could somebody jump in and step up and, 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 and teach tonight? And so uh, we did a very biblical thing amongst all the pastors. We drew straws. <laughs> I wish I was going to say we did the lottery, but that wouldn't work either. But it, no, we didn't even do the straw thing. But it is biblical. They did draw straws. And, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I said, no, look, I'd be more than happy to, to share tonight with you. What I want to do, though, I want us to start out uh, by just taking a moment to pray for Debbie, pray for Pastor Mark and the family, uh, those of you joining us at the other campuses as well. Why don't you go ahead at all the campuses and right here, let's stand together. There's something about the people of God gathering together, lifting up their voices in prayer. The word of God is very clear about how we to come boldly into his throne room uh, in prayer, not res- hesitantly, not being afraid or fearful that we to come together. And the word of God is very clear about the fact that when one prays, things happen. But when two gather together, things happen, happen, happen. And when more than two, where two or three are gathered in my name, there he is and multiplication takes effect and very powerful multiplication. And there's something about standing to our feet as well. Uh, I know we don't normally jump up and down all the time here at Celebration Church. I won't have you do that too much tonight. Uh, there's a couple of things I'm gonna ask you to jump up and down. I'm just kidding. But we wanna together just lift up the family. So would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father God, We come to you tonight, Lord, and we thank you for the privilege we have of entering into your throne room of grace. We thank you, God, for your strength. And Father, tonight as a church, we lift up Debbie to you. We pray, God, for strength. We pray, God, for your healing hand upon her. We lift up Pastor Mark to to you tonight, for Phil, for Leslie, for their spouses, for the grandkids, 
And Father God, we thank you for your strength, for your presence, for your power, for all that you are doing in our lives. And we thank you, God, that you are our source, our strength. When your word says that we're to put our trust in you, it really means we're to put our trust in you. We're to lean upon you, we're to rely upon you, we're to put our confidence in you. And we do that with full of faith and assurance. And we ask it in the lovely and the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. Well, good. Uh, yes. Opportunity for me to share. Uh, for those of you that I know that uh, you may not be aware of this, but uh, what I'm going to do tonight is I'm just going to share a little bit about what is a very important aspect of the truth of God's word that I, I love to talk about. You know, you, if you spend any time with me, you're probably going to hear me talk a little bit about it at some time, it's in some, some form, in some way, and we're going to do it tonight. I don't know whether I will be speaking for the full 45 minutes or, for, or an hour. I may finish a little early, but what I'm going to encourage you to do is that if I, don't fin if I finish a little early, I'm going to encourage you to, there's still a lot more coffee out there, spend time in fellowship, kind of connecting with each other, talk to somebody, meet somebody you've never met before, let the children finish up with their programs so that we don't interrupt them, but uh, if, 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 that's what we would encourage. I know Pastor Mark, apparently last week, uh, had said that he had some stories that he wanted to share with you tonight. And uh, I, he did ask that he would, for me to mention to you that he will be planning on sharing those stories next Wednesday. So that means you've got to come next Wednesday to hear those particular stories. But we are here at Celebration Church at all the campuses, right here at the, in the Green Bay campus as well. One of the things that we at Celebration Church believe strongly in, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and all that the Holy Spirit has and does for us. One of the life groups that we have every semester that we do life groups here at the church and at each of the campuses as well is a life group entitled Living Under the Influence. And some of you have been able to do that group and participate in that group. It's usually just a five-week uh, class that we talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit and go through the practical works of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. We're currently in the middle of that. Uh, the last two Wednesday nights, you may have noticed I haven't been in the, in, the, in the verse by verse study because I've had a group of people that have been going through the living under the influence. Uh, when I heard that I was going to be speaking tonight, I quickly emailed them and said, okay, hey, come join in the main auditorium tonight uh, with us and we'll, we'll just extend our class a, a little longer. So most of them are here with us tonight to be able to do that. But it's a very important part of who we are at Celebration Church every single Sunday. If you're a part of Celebration Church in any shape or form, we stand up at all our campuses and we uh, together recite the Apostles' Creed, our statement of faith. And in that Apostles' Creed, there's a number of statements that are powerful, that are effective, that are, that are declaring God's word, confessing God's word. One is that we believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, it depends sometimes on what your background is, what your religious background has been, where you come from, Okay. Maybe you come from a, a, a traditional situation, uh, in a traditional uh, setting church, where maybe the only time you ever heard about the Holy Spirit was when you came to the end of a prayer and you heard someone say, usually the priest, or maybe in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's all you ever hear of the, have heard about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've come from another tradition, like the tradition I came out of, which was a Pentecostal tradition, where man 
you hear about the Holy Spirit nonstop. Uh, and not just the Holy Spirit, they'll even take it a step further. You'll hear about the gifts of the Spirit nonstop, and you'll take it a little further than that, not just the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, you'll hear about tongues nonstop. You know, I like the kid that when I was born, because I was born into a family that were Pentecostal, and you know, I used to kid that when I came out of my mother's womb, I was speaking in tongues when I came out of my mother's womb. <laughs> I don't know whether it was really that or not, but anyway, uh, the, the, depending on the tradition, and very often, and both, so often in the church, we... A truth of God and, the, and a, something that happens in our lives that we just get caught up in and, and it really, it's really the truth. We have a tendency sometimes to either minimize it or maximize it, where it, it goes beyond. And our encouragement here at Celebration Church and even when we do the class on living under the influence, our whole emphasis is to try and find the fact that the truth is it, it's not on either extreme, it's somewhere in the middle and we want to walk out that truth. But most of all, most of all, the Holy Spirit is somebody that you and I need to embrace, get to understand, get to know how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, walk in the influence of the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to walk through life with us. Without the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, you would not be here tonight. You wouldn't. You would have not be able to embrace or to understand or to even see the fact that what's, what sin is all about, what truth is all about. It's the Holy Spirit that even brings you to a place of conviction, a place of drawing you to him. And in this class, we talk a little bit about that. We talk about how the Holy Spirit is involved in our life from the beginning, even before we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is after us. All right, And particularly if you have a mother like mine who's praying for the Holy Spirit to get that boy of hers. You know, every now and again she would throw in at the end of her prayer, you know, God, he is a nice, he is a good boy. He is a good boy. And she would add that just in case God didn't know that I was a good boy. And by that time, I think God realized that I wasn't a very good boy. Uh, but the fact is that, that, that in our prayer that we're praying and the Holy Spirit is at work. You and I are not smart enough well, let me say I'm not smart enough. I don't know about you. But we're not smart enough to be able to, if I were to, knew the, the word of God off by heart from Genesis right through to Revelation, if I knew all the, everything about God, I am not smart enough to talk somebody in to salvation. We can't convince somebody. We are to be a mouthpiece and a messenger of the gospel. Every one of us are to be a messenger of the gospel. You are, as much as I am, to be a messenger, to live out our life in the power of the Holy Spirit, to reflect the God that we serve, all right? In doing that, in doing that, I can't talk somebody into salvation. It's up to the Holy Spirit to come and through use my words, use my prayer to, and to begin to convict that person of their sin, and it's through the work of the Holy Spirit in their life that they come to realize they're sinners and they need Jesus. It happened, if you're here tonight and you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, it was the Holy Spirit that was involved in your life, bringing you to that place. All right? And you know, sometimes I, I, and I like to share with the class, and I'll start share this with you as well, and, uh, is that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, sometimes we... We, we, because maybe we haven't had the, a lot of knowledge in the Holy Spirit, sometimes we're a little confused about it, some, you know, wherever we may be. 
but that very often we see the Holy Spirit as kind of second rate. You know, we talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's almost just by the fact that we're putting them putting in order like that. It's like God the Holy Spirit is third in line. You know, first is God the Father, second is God the Son, third is God the Holy Spirit. I want to suggest to you tonight, and hopefully you grab a hold of this in your head and in your heart as well, is that God the Holy Spirit, He's God. All the power, all that you understand, all that you understand right here tonight about who God is, the Holy Spirit is, 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 is as real as, as that is. He was from the very beginning. From the very beginning of time at creation, the Holy Spirit was there. It talks about the Holy Spirit hovering over the water. The Holy Spirit is eternal. He's God. And the very characteristics and the very power and all that God is, is invested in the Holy Spirit as well. All right? Now, the Holy Spirit is part of what's often referred to as the Trinity. Okay? Sometimes it's a little hard to understand. I mean, is that me spitting on this mic or... I'll try not to spit too hard. Sorry about that. I imagine at point in Stephen's point, you're really getting a, a noise in your ear. But the, the, the fact is, is that when it comes to the, the Trinity, that's sometimes hard for us to get our heads around because we're human beings. I was taught from a very young age when I started going to school and started learning some math that one plus one is two. Uh, and the numbers work that way. And then I come to understand God and begin to try and fathom God and see how, the, how the God works in my And then I begin to realize, well, no, God says that he's one God, but there's three persons. So how does one equal three or three equal one? And sometimes it's hard to, to get that around in our heads and our minds. But I want to suggest to you that some things we just do by faith. But the truth of the matter is that there is one God, over and over again it says it in God's word, and I won't take the time to go through those scriptures. Old Testament, New Testament, it's declared God is one God. All right? And he reveals himself, he shows himself, he works in our lives in three persons. There's three persons of the Godhead, three persons of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now let me share another quick analogy with you here tonight, okay? And I know when it comes to analogies, sometimes it's for me, it just helps me to understand things better. I can't say that this is anything that's, it's definitely not this analogy you won't find in God's word, but it just kind of helps us to understand things a little bit, or it does for me anyway, and hopefully for you as well, all right? Because which one of the three persons of the Godhead is the one that should be daily influencing my walk of faith? And I want to suggest to you that that's the Holy Spirit, all right? Because based upon God's word, I'm not going to ask you to answer me directly. I will ask the question and then I'll answer for you, okay? That means you all get 100% on the exam, on the test, all right? Really, if I were to say to you, where is God the Father now, based upon God's word? We say he's in heaven. And of course, we always love to point up here, all right? I, heaven, I, I, we're not too sure, but it, you know, if you live at that side of the earth and you're pointing up there, it's, it's all different directions. But anyway, we, God is in heaven. God the Father is in heaven. Where is God the Son He's in heaven as well. Remember, he was eternal. He was there from the very beginning. God the Son was there at, the, at creation as well. All through creation uh, and all through the, the, the time, the, the world, he, he, was, he was there. He came to earth as a baby, became a man, laid aside his godly attributes and became a man, lived here on earth for 33 years. All right. He died. He rose again. 
He spent 40 more days here after his resurrection, talking to his disciples, sharing with them. He ascended into heaven. And the word of God said that he ascended into heaven and that Jesus, the Son of God, is seated on the right hand of God the Father. So God is in heaven. Jesus is sitting next to him. And you guess what Jesus did? He's interceding for you and for me. That's pretty powerful. Part of the reason he went to heaven, he told his disciples, and we're going to look at some of that here in just a moment. He told his disciples, I got to go back to heaven. I need to go back to heaven because I need to send you the promise of the Father. And the Word of God goes on to tell us that the promise of the Father was guess who? God the Holy Spirit. So Jesus needed to send to heaven so he could send God the Holy Spirit so that God the Holy Spirit would now live where? If I'm a born-again believer, when I receive forgiveness of my sins and I invite God into my life, I'm inviting God the Holy Spirit to come and live within me. Now, I don't know about you, but that is pretty powerful. I have the God of this universe, the creator of this world, with all his knowledge, all his power, all his majesty, all living within me. And so do you, if you're a born-again believer. Now that's, 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 that's something to, to think about and embrace, something to meditate on, because it's really powerful. And he wants to influence us. So uh, we do not live life on our own. We cannot get, as a, as a born-again believer, we can't get away from God. You cannot get away from God. You know what? I'm sorry to say this, but I actually went to the Packer football game on Monday night. I froze, my, froze to death. I froze. And if the game was really great, it was, the freezing would have been okay. But it was kind of mediocre, right? You know what? God was there with me. God the Holy Spirit was with me. Now there's a couple of guys sitting next to me. I don't think God was anywhere near them. <laughs> they did have a spirit that they were under the influence with. But I can promise you it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Because I got some of that poured on me as well. They gave us all the American flags to wave as part of the game. And I had one of those American flags. And you know, when the national anthem, we were waving the flag. And when I, we sat down, I put it under my seat initially. just Because uh, you know, I needed to get my hands in my pockets. They were so cold. And the person behind me had his beer. And, his, and he, he spilt it and it went all over the floor. And I didn't know it. But it was, it was right in front of me. So all this alcohol or beer was on. The, so when it came time to wave the flag, I reached down and grabbed my flag. And, I, and man, I, I got covered in beer. Guess what happened when I got home? My wife was not too impressed. <laughs> you said you went to the Packer game. <laughs> what influence are you under? The fact is that God the Holy Spirit lives within us. We just need to sometimes stop and meditate on what that really, really means. What does that mean? Does that mean that I can get away from God? Does that mean that he doesn't know when I'm telling a, a white lie, a black lie, a gray lie, an orange, purple, green, whatever? Does that mean that there's things I can do or say that he's not going to be? No. He wants to influence me. Now, we, we chose and we, we kind of decided when we were wanting to put together a class or, or that would help people to understand some of the very practical aspects of who the Holy Spirit is. We could have just said, well, we're going to have a class on the Holy Spirit. But the word living under the influence was just something that was so 
powerful. And it kind of comes out of a passage of scripture, Acts chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. We're going to start reading at verse 14 and go through verse 21. This is in the New Living Translation that I'm going to read out of. It will be up on the screens, but as we go along tonight, I encourage you, some scriptures are shared. If you can't do anything else, but just write down the reference and read it later. All right. Uh, I really want to encourage that. I know Pastor Mark does on the Wednesday night Bible studies as well. Uh, because we, gotta, we need to have God's word in us. Because only as God's word is in our lives and the Holy Spirit breathes on that word, does it become life-changing. And I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I need my life changed. My wife thinks I'm an angel. She's got it wrong. She's got it wrong. I need my life changed on a daily basis. Because there are at least once a day that I have a bad thought go through my mind. I won't tell you what that bad thought is. It's usually eating some fried chicken. And I'm not allowed to eat fried chicken. Anyway. Acts chapter 2, 14. All right, it says this. Quick, sorry, just a quick thought here. Is this passage of scripture comes about right after God the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the disciples in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. They were told by Jesus, wait until you receive power from on high. They did that. And the day of Pentecost, this, the Holy Spirit came on them. And things began to happen. One thing was, there was a mighty rushing wind. There was a flame of fire that came and, and rested on each one of them. Maybe sat on their head, I don't know. At least I've got a nice spot right here for the Holy Spirit to sit right there, that fire. Nice flat spot. All right. However, but he came and rested on them. And then right afterwards, Peter gets up. Because this commotion, Jerusalem was filled with thousands of people. Because it was one of the big festivals of the Jewish nation. And everybody had gathered into, into Jerusalem as part of their ritual, part of their uh, Jewish and Hebrew culture. All right. They were there for this festival. And so when the Holy Spirit came, there was this mighty wind that it says the whole city was aware of it, okay? So they all came, what's going on? It's kind of like a tornado. They were all tornado chasers. They all headed to the spot where this was taking place. And and then Peter saw this crowd and he said this. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. He didn't have a nice PA system like this. He had to shout, all right? Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, Make no mistake about this. These, are, these people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Because that's what everybody is thinking. All that's going on, they, this, this wind, this fire, they began to speak in other languages and tongues and everybody said, well, what's going on? They've got to be drunk, all right? They've got to be under the influence of alcohol. And Peter said, they're not drunk as you spot. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. It's way too early to get drunk. Uh, we always love to say they just obviously went from Wisconsin. <clears throat> Nine o'clock in the morning is not a, you know, anyway. It's too, it's too early. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And Peter goes into the sharing with the people what was prophesied by Joel, which most of the people, the, the Hebrew, the Jewish nation, the Israelites knew because they were, they were basing themselves on the Old Testament and the prophets that, were, that had taken place. So he says this, in the last days, verse 17, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. On all people. Say all people with me. All 
All right. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Guess which one I do? I dream dreams. I'm not young enough to see visions anymore. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn to blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What influence were they under? The disciples that were being filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And my encouragement to every one of us, wherever you are in your walk of faith, you want to be more and more influenced by the power and by God, the Holy Spirit. There are many things in the world around about us that will try and influence us. They will try and cause you to take over the control and get you to focus on. But church, celebration, let's be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Let's be passionately in love with the God, the Holy Spirit, who lives within us. Allow him to influence us, all right? You know, and part of that influence is that he, that, that he influences in our daily walk. As we walk out our faith, it's the Holy Spirit that helps us in that walk. You know, the scripture is quite... It's pretty full of, of passages that challenge us about what our walk of faith should look like. Well, I cannot walk my walk of faith if I'm trying to walk it in my own strength. I can barely put one foot in front of the other even as a human being at times, all right? You know, uh, many years ago, I remember this so distinctly, my, my wife, you know, she would love to go out on, and, and walk. She'd walk the neighborhood, yeah, not in the middle of winter, but uh, she would enjoy walking and she w- on occasions would invite me to go along. I think it was just to make me, hurt. she just wanted to make me feel bad because we would get out walking and man, she would be way ahead of me and I'm, I'm busting my butt as hard as I possibly can and I can't even get near her, all right? Now things have changed a little bit, you know, I'm suddenly now a lot thinner, a lot fitter and uh, th- thank goodness, uh, uh, you know, I can at least keep up with her now. But the fact is that walking in a, in the power of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day life. I want to suggest to you and to each one of us that you need the Holy Spirit to help you walk. Let me look at a couple of scriptures with you. Just throw out a couple of scriptures for you again. Jot these, these references down. Take them home. Meditate on them. Think about them. Ask the Holy Spirit to make some of these truths real in your life. It'll change you. It'll change you. All right? Micah chapter 6 verse 8. I love this verse. It's one of the verses that 30 years ago I chose to make a verse that was a verse that is my, one of my personal uh, scriptural references. There's a couple of verses that, I, that I've taken and, and it's part of, any time I go through difficulties or good, the bad and the ugly, if I'm kind of getting off kill, if my focus is getting lost and I'm trying to get back into it, I'll go back to these verses because God spoke them to, into my heart a long, long time ago. And this is one of them, Micah 6, 8. It says this, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? What does God require of you? All right? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, I don't know about you, but acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly 
without the Holy Spirit is a tough deal. It's hard to do. But if the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, empowering me and helping me, being plugged into that power, I can begin to fulfill and do what God has, what God requires of me. Deuteronomy 17.1, and this is out of the Message Bible. I want to read this one out of the Message Bible. It says this, talking about walking again. It says, walk straight down the road that God commands. Walk straight down the road. Take this walk. The Holy Spirit, walk straight down the the road that God commands so that you'll have a good life and live a long time in the land that you're about to possess. You want to have a good life? You want to experience God? You want to have... Possess your land and what God has purposed and planned for you, then you need to walk straight down that road under the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm chapter 1, Psalm 1, sorry, verse 1, it says this Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. What is that saying to us? It's saying if if I'm going to walk and I'm going to walk amongst the wicked, I'm not going to have a powerful walk directed and led by the Holy Spirit, influenced by the Holy Spirit. I'll be influenced by the wicked. So do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 in the Amplified Bible. For we walk by faith. The Amplified Bible says we walk by faith. We regulate our lives and our conduct, and, and conduct sorry. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk. We walk by faith, not by sight or by appearance. Again, without the God, the Holy Spirit, helping you to walk like that, it's, it, 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 to my opinion, it's impossible. Galatians 5. I love this scripture. All right, if you putting that verse down, underline it. Circle it. Put stars next to it. Put a heart around it. Do whatever you need to do. All right? Galatians 5.16 in the Amplified, it says this. But I say, Paul speaking to the Galatian church, but I say, walk and live in the Holy Spirit. Walk and live, and the Amplified uses the word habitually. Make it a habit. A habit to walk and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what that means, Amplified, is, it's Amplified, it says, in response to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings of the desires of the flesh of the human nature without God. Walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Colossians 2.6. Again, another verse just talking about walking. All right, As you have therefore received Christ, Jesus is Lord, walk or regulate your lives and, and conduct yourselves in union and conformity to him. Just a few scriptures that just talk about how we need to walk our path. Walk under the anointing, under the power, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, I know for all of us, there comes times in our life where situations arise. I'm sure that there have been times in your life, I know it has been in my life, where, gosh, it just, it, it just seems... To, it, we feel things are hopeless. We're struggling in certain areas. Maybe it's problems in life. Things have come up sometimes that we have no control over. There's just one after. How many of you know that it seems like when one problem comes, there's about 24 right behind it? 
All right? It doesn't just happen one at a time. I don't know what the problems. Temptation. We struggle with temptation. We're trying to overcome temptation. We feel like there's no hope. We feel like there's no help around about us. Difficulties. All those kind of things. Even sometimes our attitude is a result of the temptation, as a result of the problems, as a result of the difficulties, our attitude. We begin to have a bad attitude and we begin to spiral. I want to say to us and challenge us here tonight that what if God did leave you someone who, if you receive him, will never leave you alone? What if there is someone who's always with you? What if there is someone who's able to empower you to overcome these struggles, overcome these hurts, overcome these frustrations? All right? What if there is someone that is able to help you be plugged into God's power? And tonight, I'm suggesting to you that that person is God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he was with his disciples. He met with them, he was talking to them, and he was sharing with them. I mean, it was right, it was on the night that he in a few hours was going to be arrested, tried, beaten, crucified, all that was about to happen. He knew it was about to take place, but he was with his disciples at that moment, and he had washed their feet, he'd shared a dinner with them, he had Passover with them, and he was talking to them about things that were really important. He only had a a short amount of time then with them and he wanted to make sure they understood and he wanted to share with them what was about to happen. And he wanted to impart to them that yes, he needed to die. He needed so that they can experience forgiveness and that we can have have that forgiveness. And he needed to, to, to experience that and have that because the Holy Spirit needed to be sent and the Holy Spirit needed to come so that we could walk out that truth under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The person that Jesus was talking about was this promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit that you and I need. Now, if you ever want to learn a little bit more about that, three chapters in the Gospel of John that are great chapters to read. Chapter 14, 15, and 16 just talks a lot more about who the Holy Spirit is and how he wants to walk that out with you. And I want to do tonight, in the few minutes that I have left, I want to pull out a couple of verses out of those couple of chapters and just share with you some of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you as you walk under his influence, all right? There's many, many more. All I can do is just touch on a couple of them here tonight, but I want to try and do that. If we look at the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 12, all right, if we had time... I'd love to read almost all three of those chapters, but we don't have time, and I know you can do that on your own, all right? But John chapter 14, verse 12, it says this. Jesus is speaking now. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater than these because I'm going to the Father. Jesus was telling his disciples, and by the way, not just his disciples, If you here tonight are a disciple of Jesus, he's speaking to you. He's telling you the very same thing that he he said physically to those disciples that were around him. That he's saying to you that I need to go to the Father because I need to send the Holy Spirit so that you can do even greater works than I have done. Now, I don't know about you. Sometimes I sit back and think, no, wait a minute, Jesus. Me do greater works than you? Well, Jesus wasn't talking about the quality of, he was talking about the quantity. There's a big difference. All right? I don't know 
if there can be a greater work than raising the dead. I don't know if there can be a greater work than healing leprosy. I don't know whether there can be a greater work than forgiveness of sins, all right? But Jesus was saying that the, the quantity, because God the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, and then he empowers us so that we can walk out that truth as well. You know, some people have said, oh, you know, wouldn't it have been wonderful to have lived at the time of the New Testament church? Oh, I wish I lived in, the, in the, the time of the New Testament church. Seeing miracles happen, all those wonderful things happen. And there's a part of me that, that yeah, that would be nice. But I want to say to you, there's no better time than right now, today. Particularly if, if I lived in the time of, of, of the Word of God before the Holy Spirit was poured out. Because if I needed a miracle, I had to find somebody that was anointed. I had to find Jesus. I needed to be healed, I got to find Jesus. Or I had to find an apostle in the Old Testament. I had to find somebody that had anointing at that moment and the Holy Spirit would be given, the anointing would be upon them and then it would be removed. Today, as born again believers, what I'm hoping to stir in our hearts is that very anointing is in you and as it is in me. And God wants to use you to be and to be influenced and be used in this way as well. To experience God. All right, I don't have to go find somebody to experience God. I have God within me and I can go to God uh, and ask him. And so the, the very fact that God, the Holy Spirit, lives in me, the word of God says this, that the power, the very power, all right, that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in me. I'd almost like to stop for about two minutes and just get everybody just to think that through a little bit. Let the Holy Spirit take, hit, bring that home to you. The very power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Greater is he that is in you, greater is he, the Holy Spirit that is in you, than he, the enemy, Satan, that's in the world. We don't have to be under the influence of the enemy. Because we are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? amen. Oh, you had a great chance for, to shout out amen on there. I heard the people in Stephen's Point shouting it. But the fact is, no. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. All right? That's the truth. My world, my situation, my home, my work, my life. I don't have to be under the influence of the enemy. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that is in influence. And I need to confess that. I need to believe that. How has the kingdom of God expanded or be impacted by you by the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life? A good question to ask yourself. How are you allowing the Holy Spirit to influence you to allow the world to run about you? Your home. Your marriage. Your job. Your church. Influenced by the Holy Spirit and expanded because of the Holy Spirit living within you. John, another, another verse, another that attribute or characteristic of the Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 16. It says this, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, again Jesus talking, and he will give you another comforter. This is in the Amplified. There's different words that are used for that and I'll mention each one of them. But he said that the Holy Spirit, that God will give you another comforter or counselor, some translations use the word helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, 
someone to stand by, that he will remain with you forever. Jesus said, he will give you another helper. The Holy Spirit is in you to be your counselor. The word, the Greek word that is used is the word paraclete. All right, paraclete. So all of you can go home tonight and say that you had a, you are completely fluent in Greek. At least you know one word. The par- which really means he's our helper. It actually, one of the understandings of the word paraclete is the one that the Holy Spirit has been, is the one that has been called alongside to help. Church, family, you're not on your own. You do not walk life on your own. The Holy Spirit has been called alongside to help. He's there to help you. All right? So often when issues come and problems come in life, I understand I do it myself. Something hits and the first thing we go to, the first place we run to, is we run to what we're comfortable with. And I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't do this. I'm not saying that this is something we should. But I, I get sick. First person I run to is the doctor. If there's any doctors here, I'm sorry. All right. Or something goes wrong, I run to the counselor. I, I believe in that. I believe in doctors. I believe in counseling. I do a lot of counseling. I, I, I believe. But what I want to say to us is, what about us, instead of being so quick to run to the doctor, run to the counselor, run to the, the, the things around, what about running to God first of all? He's the one called alongside to help. He's the one in you. He's the one that's all powerful. He's the one that's, that's influencing your life. Ask him. You're in a financial bind? Instead of going to easy loans down the road there and get into more of a financial bind, say, God, help me. Show me what I, where I've gone wrong. Put people around about me. They can support me, help me walk through this, help me get stable, help me find a way. God, help me be my counselor, be my helper, be my advocate. Somebody representing me. Be my intercessor. You know, the Holy Spirit is praying for you. You know, you can come and ask me to pray for you, and I'm more than happy to do it. I love doing it. I'm more than happy to pray for you. All right? Anytime, I'll be more than But I can say to you, man, my prayers are not as nearly as good as the Holy Spirit's. Let him know. And then get others. Yeah, there's there's a truth about uh, two or three agreeing, as we've talked about already. But have more than... Get, make sure you go to the Holy Spirit first. All right, somebody that's called alongside to help. Let me jump to another one. John 14, verse 17, and we're going to finish up here pretty quick, all right? I don't want to keep you too, too long, and I know that some of you are desperate for that coffee. Your hand's cold, mine are freezing. All right? John 14, verse 17, it says this. It's the, last, it's the second part of the verse we just read. All right, it goes on and it says, The spirit of truth, it talks about the Holy Spirit being a spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and he'll be in you. These are Jesus' words in the Gospel of John, over and over again, him telling us that the Holy Spirit's within us, these are the things the Holy Spirit wants to do, these are the things the Holy Spirit wants to influence us with. This is how he wants to help us to walk, all right? One of the things that he's the spirit of truth, how many of you would agree with me that sometimes in today's world, it's just so hard, it seems to be getting harder and harder to discern what is truth and what is not? What is truth and what is fiction? What is truth and what is lies? 
The world around about us, it, it, it's becoming so gray. We keep on hearing things and, and people are so focused on how they feel about something. Uh, you know, gosh, you, you turn on the, any news and listen to any of our, one, our wonderful uh, political leaders and you sit there and think, well, all right, who's telling the truth today? And how do I discern what is truth? Um, Josh McDowell, a great Christian author, in a book that he wrote a while back called The The Last Christian Generation, he suggests in that book that the youth in the church today, okay, the young people in the church today, will be the last generation that has a clear understanding of truth, having clear values to build their lives on. That's quite something. There was a time, and because of my age, I'm old enough to remember that time, some of you are my age and older, you may remember it. There's some of you young'uns that uh, probably won't. But there was a time that there was enough truth and moral fortitude in the world in which they lived that even those that weren't born again believers, that didn't know God's word, didn't know the way to walk righteously, still there was enough truth that, that, that you could discern between them. I would, it seems to me, that that's broken down more and more, that today, it's just hard to figure out. Our young people today, it's, it's a, to me, it's gonna be really hard for them to know what is truth and what is not truth. And that's why the church, through the power of the Holy Spirit, needs to be declaring the truth. The Holy Spirit says, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will, is the spirit of truth. He will reveal the truth to us. Where there's deception, where there's half-truth, where there's cover-up, where there's lies, the Holy Spirit is present and he will help us expose that and help us understand the truth if we allow him to influence us, all right? Help us to discern the truth from error that is there. You know, the word of God tells us that Satan is a father of lies. He's the father of lies. But we have God, the Holy Spirit, who wants to reveal truth to us, all right? Question I would ask. In thinking about the Holy Spirit and truth, can you think of a way that you may have allowed the enemy to deceive you and you need to let the Holy Spirit come in and influence you with the truth? One last one. John 14, 26. The Holy Spirit teaches us. Teaches us. All right? It's the Holy Spirit who needs to be our teacher. Verse 26, it says, But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I am beyond ecstatic and happy that the Holy Spirit helps me to remember. I know Pastor Mark a little while ago said to the ladies here, You've got to continue to tell your husband. You've got to continue to remind him. Don't ever feel like you need to stop reminding him. He needs to be reminded. I'm glad I, that the Holy Spirit is there to remind us as well. Because I've got to say to you, I would love to say that, it, that that's only since I got on the north side, south side, north side of 60, whichever it is, the north side of 60, that suddenly my memory is not as good as it used to be. I can remember when I was 20 that I would, didn't remember very well. Thank goodness for the Holy Spirit that he will teach us and remind us. The Holy Spirit helps us by teaching us the ways of God and helping us remember it. The Holy Spirit takes God's word that we've studied, that we've memorized, and uses it 
at the time we need it to make it alive and make it impactful in our hearts and our lives. Psalm 119 says, your word, God, that I have hid in my heart. So that it's hidden in my heart, it's there, so when the Holy Spirit breathes on it, he makes it alive. He brings it to my remembrance, that I remember. That's why, church, we need to know God's word. If we're going to be a people that truly overcome, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you only pick up this book or pick up your iPhone or look on the screen on a Sunday, it's, 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 it's like, you know, what, what would it be like if you only had one meal a week? If you only ate once a week? You think you'd be very strong? Think you'd be very healthy? Probably not. What do you think your spouse would feel if you decided, I'm only going to talk to you once a week and it's going to be at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning? Or 10.30? If we're going to have a relationship with God, if we're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, we need to know God's Word. We need to know God's Word. We need to meditate on God's Word. We need to get it in us so that the Holy Spirit can breathe in us. I'm not going to have time, but I want to just throw this out to you. You can make a note of it. John 16, 7 through 11, it talks about the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Very simply put, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts me of my sin. All right? Again, as I said right at the very beginning, I didn't come to know Christ and embrace the truth of God and begin to walk out my faith because I was just such a good person or that I was such a handsome young man. You know, my mother did think that I was the best looking guy that ever lived and ever will live, all right? But the fact still remained is that it wasn't because I was the best looking kid around, all right? The truth is, it was because of the Holy Spirit bringing conviction in my life. It's the Holy Spirit that nudges me, that convicts me, that brings me to a place of, God, I need you. And it's the Holy Spirit that will bring you to the place of righteousness, doing the right thing. Many times you and I, we, we come to places and we, I've said this, you've said it. I've had people say to me, I just don't think I can do that. I can't do that. And I understand the context of what they're saying, that I've said that, but there's sometimes I want to say to them, ooh, I almost used the wrong word here. Okay, let me try and find another word to put in its place. To heck you can't. Because you have the Holy Spirit. We can do anything with the power of the Holy Spirit. In our own strength, forget it. But we don't walk life in our own strength. We walk under the power of the Holy Spirit. And he convicts us. He will reveal righteousness, doing the right thing. We just need to do the right thing. Sometimes that means I've got to sacrifice what I want because of what the Holy Spirit wants. Most of the time it's what happens. Because so often my wants and my desires don't fall in line with God's wants and God's desires. But God's wanting to influence us. He's wanting to change us. He wants us to be thinking when a crisis comes, when a difficulty comes, when a challenge comes, when a temptation comes, when anything that you can think of shows up in your life, that the very first thought that goes through your mind, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? What should this look like? And begin to walk that out. I promise you, if you do that, 
life will be far different than what it is right now in your, in your life as well. Righteousness, and it convicts of, of judgment too. God, God is a just God. In case you're confused, I'll close with this real quickly, that we serve a God and the Word of, and the word of God clearly teaches that there is a heaven and there's a hell. And the righteous will spend eternity in heaven and the unrighteous will spend eternity in hell. I don't know about you, but I want I, I, I to know God. I want to, the Holy Spirit brings that conviction on my heart that I would know him. I want to know him. I want to know him more. And I want to make him known. Because I want more and more people that I rub shoulders with, that live with me here in Green Bay, to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that can spend eternity in heaven. And the Holy Spirit is the one that brings that. So when Jesus spoke to his disciples that night, he knew what they were about to face. He knew what they were about to go through. He knew that they were about to experience some really difficult times. He was gonna die. There was gonna be mass confusion. But he also knew the joy that they were about to experience some 50 days later when they were gathering together in the upper room and the Holy Spirit was poured upon, out upon them, the helper, the counselor, the paraclete, the person called alongside them to help, the person to empower them was going to be poured out upon their life. And you know what, church? Based upon God's word, the Holy Spirit has not stopped pouring out his power, his influence, since then until now. And he, and he won't. He'll never stop. We have to just say, here I am, hit me, influence me, do what you need to do. I want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we, we come to you tonight and there's just so much about your truth and your ways and your purposes and your desires for our lives and we live in a world that has fallen, a world that is sometimes full of confusion. We live in a world that is influenced by the enemy and we rub shoulders with that daily. And sometimes it's very hard to separate what is truth, what is not truth, what is really what you're wanting. Uh, we continue to influenced by that. But thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the spirit of truth. You're the, the spirit that brings freedom you're the spirit that brings joy. You're the spirit that wants to influence us. You're the spirit that wants to walk alongside us. You're the spirit that wants to empower us to be a people that are not just trying in our own strength to be a Christian, trying as hard as we can just to get through, but God, that we can be a people that truly soars on wings as eagles, that we can exchange our weakness for your strength, as it says in Isaiah that we can mount up with wings as eagles, that we can run and not grow weary, that we can walk and not faint because of what you're doing in our lives, Holy Spirit. And we pray it in the lovely and the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful good evening. Get some coffee. <laughs>